The mobile hunter is obsessed with exploring unfamiliar places, and this is what our gear is designed to do. At Latitude Outdoors, we build mobile hunting equipment for hunters who like to move often and move fast. Whether you're an experienced whitetail hunter or new to the game, if you want to be mobile, we have options that are worth considering. Our saddles, climbing sticks, and platforms are made right here in the USA and are available at LatitudeOutdoors.com. Thanks for checking out the gear and good luck this season. The climbing stick has finally gone metal free. Our goal for the Carbon SS climbing sticks was to make them as light as possible without sacrificing durability. And we wanted to make them stack flush so they're compact for saddle hunters and tree stand hunters. The new aerospace carbon fiber technology allowed us to achieve ultralight weight specs and removed all moving parts and hardware for improved durability. The sticks also feature our patent-pending metal-free attachment method that makes setup easier, faster, and quieter. The Carbon SS climbing sticks are made right here in the USA and come with a five-year manufacturer's warranty. For more information, visit LatitudeOutdoors.com. Welcome to the Life Outdoors podcast. Our mission is to educate, entertain, and motivate. We speak life into and through the outdoors. Now join your hosts, Nate Bailey and Gage Bailey, as we navigate through the mountains of this life. Welcome to another edition of the Life Outdoors podcast. Hey, before we jump into this, I'm just going to bring to you guys' attention that we still have uh, the Life Outdoors stickers and the Life Outdoors t-shirts you can find them at the lifeoutdoors.com so if you're getting anything out of these podcasts if you uh could go over there and help support us we would deeply appreciate it and that's all i'm going to say about that um now we're going to jump into the podcast it's been a rough two years it's really been a rough two years um a lot has changed not just in the world around us but also in the hunting world and in um, just, you know, in general, all of the stuff that goes on. And one of the things, if you guys, if you guys follow us at all or know anything about um, the Life Outdoors or watch our YouTube channel or anything like that, you know that last year I was gone for a big part of hunting season. And uh, I was in the Air Guard. They sent me to Mississippi. And uh, in Mississippi, I was in school for most of, most of the, you know, the hunting seasons that I do anyhow. Well, um, during that time, there were a lot of things that I was going through. Um, one of the things is, is I, I was in the military, and I did not want to get vaccinated with an mRNA vaccine. Now, this is a personal choice. I, I, you know, and one of the things, being in the military, um, I can't really say no, <laughs> but I can't ask, and, and I did ask. Um, I asked that they could waive that um, because of all the things that follow along with those vaccines, with all the, the the top three, right? Now, if you guys got vaccinated, that's your that's cool. That's, you know, whatever you guys believe in yourself. But I, I was very, I had been, um, how, how do I say it? I lived um, with the idea that uh, it just wasn't the right thing for me to do. Um, it was my conviction. And uh, so I was willing to take whatever they were going to do um, if I didn't get vaccinated. And uh, being back in Mississippi, it was pretty hard to do this. And I had to go up in front of several different uh, colonels. I was always being called out of school. I'd have to catch up, try to figure out what um, I had missed and everybody else in the class. So there was so much peer pressure. To, that, to actually take this, and um, I had people, I, I posted on Facebook, and I had friends actually calling me and telling me that I was crazy for not taking the vaccine, that I was going to die. I had, I had people actually tell me I was going to die from COVID because I didn't take the vaccine, and um, all these things were just very, very, very stressful, and this, this has continued on. I'm still having to go in front of people and talk to them and go through meetings and all this over this vaccine, which has since then for a year been proven that um, it's really hasn't done a whole lot to help people. So 
with that said, um, and I, I sat in Mississippi and I was watching my kid elk hunt. I was watching other people elk hunt, and um, life just seemed a little less surreal. And it, it didn't seem like things were really like life anymore. It seemed like things were in a paradigm change. And I think we could all f- kind of feel that. We could feel things that um, have just kind of been strange, uh, quite honestly. I don't know about you guys, but it seems like life is flying by. It seems like uh, things are going on. It's it's one thing right after another, trying to get our blood pressure up. Um, you know, with just the latest is uh, the raid on, you know, a, a, a past president's house. Um and, and then all of the crud that goes on on both sides with that, with people talking and the talking heads and people looking to try to get as much uh, um, commentary as they can about that on both sides of that issue. It just seems a little bit artificial. And so um, one of the things that was really pushing me, and and I'm, I'm being pretty clear here, guys. I'm trying to be as transparent as I can be. And it's hard to do. I'll, I'll tell you right now, it's really hard because I've I've – done a lot of different um film festivals i used to teach at a church um and i've said a lot of things and there's a lot of what i've said out there in this world and for me to come on here and say that you know i was having a kind of an instance of well what are you doing god where are you and uh why in the world um haven't you fixed this (laughs) and i know but that's very, that's kind of immature. Um, but I think maybe all of us have actually felt that a little bit. Maybe we've all prayed it a little bit. Um, and I was getting to where, you know, there's things that I, I was losing hope that uh, even he was even caring anymore, that he was looking at this like Noah, and he was, he was going, man, you know, this world is so corrupt anymore that uh, we're just going to do away with all this, and, and, and the new Jerusalem's going to come. So... Um, and, and you guys, I know some of you guys that follow this podcast don't know what I'm talking about right now, but I've made it a point that I, I'm going to start explaining this stuff um, as it's written in the Bible and start talking about it a little bit because I think it's very important. Um, so back to back to the story, uh, you know, I was I'm trying to be transparent here is I, you know, I, I was being pretty faithless in a lot of things thinking and then. Another thing that about this whole thing is looking at the world around us and seeing all the stuff that is going wrong. And quite honestly, we've been lied to all these years. There's so many different things, right? And I'm not going to pick out one certain thing, but um, if you listen to any podcast that actually looks at life and looks at the things going on, you will you'll hear people talking about how things have gone astray. So I, I don't need to really go over that. What I knew, do need to say is, is it, I was focusing on that, and I've been told that those things are gone, <laughs> that that's going to happen. The Bible actually says that this is the way things are going to be, and it says in the end, um, towards the end of time, people are going to believe myths and, and goofy things over the stuff of Jesus, and um, quite honestly, I... I I should know this, right? I, I should. I've taught it, but at the same time, I didn't feel it, and I was concerning myself too much. I think with what was going on with the world around me. So then I got in this uh, nihilistic type of mindset where, so what? I'm not even going to pay attention. Um, I, you know, it doesn't affect me. I'm not going to deal with it. But you can't live in that space either, uh, and, I'll, and I'll tell you why: is because we were not meant to live in that space, especially if you are a child of God. If you're a Christian. You were put here for a purpose, and that purpose is not based in this world. And 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 so I, I was drifting into that, where I was basing everything in the material world and not paying attention to the immaterial world. And the realization of this came from this antelope season. Um, it was a, it was a <laughs> I got an antelope, by the way, um, but it was a tough season. And there's some things that I want to share with you about this season because I think some of us, I think some of you guys are going through this or maybe some of you guys have never even put much thought into what you're going through to see that uh, there is purpose behind all this stuff. So 
um, I thought I would share that with you today. And I know, you know, this is a hunting podcast, and I've actually, um, I've had, I've had it actually deleted from my podcast. Um, the people that host my podcast, and, and I had it reinstated, and they said I talk too much religion in it, and it's supposed to be hunting. And the problem with that is to me is that is. I, I am Nathan Bailey, a follower of Christ who is a hunter, and so it's all holistic. I don't separate any of it. It's all together. And uh, the reason that we separate it as humans is because we've been taught to. We've been taught to separate it and say, oh, religion's just something that you came up with, and that's what you follow, and that's cool. But when you start saying that religion is life, or I don't want to say religion is life, when you start saying that Jesus is the truth and anything outside of him is not true, Anything that he did not come up with in his mind is not true. When you start saying that stuff, then you're going to start getting canceled and people are not going to want you to speak. And that's exactly what I'm going to tell you. But um, like I said, let's go back to what I was talking about, being faithless. I was looking at the world going on around me. I was watching everything going on. I was dealing with everything going on. I, I sat through trainings telling me that I was a white supremacist terrorist um, and that I was supposed to turn people who uh, adhere to some like absolutes. If, if you believe in absolutes, then you're probably going to be a terrorist. And, and I'm supposed to tell my command about those people. And uh, it just doesn't sit well with me. And. and the first question I'd ask those people is, is that absolutely true that I should turn in people who believe in absolutes because you're using an absolute statement to make that. So we all believe in absolutes. It's just what absolute we believe in. Um, now I understand that there are so many things that we don't understand. So, but that does not make them not absolute. And I was being told this, I was being told that if you stockpile ammunition, which I have quite a bit of ammunition for my hunting rifles and for my ARs, um, and if you have more than one gun, you don't need more than one gun, that's, you know, that's, that's a sign of being a terrorist, and all these things I was being told. And then, on top of that, when I, when I raise my hand and say, hey, please, can I not take this shot, then I get singled out as an extremist in that respect as well. Um, and I, I'm, I'm not talking about anybody in my, in, you know, in directly at me, but that's the policy that is being pushed. And, um, and I, and this is not an opinion. This is just the way that the policies are. And so I was going through all this <clears throat> and in my mind, I gravitate back towards, well, if I just go hunting, I'll get away from all this and I'll be able to, uh, get my life back straight and my thoughts in order. And, uh, quite honestly, that's not really <laughs> how it worked out. Um, so with that said, I went over to Ochoco, which is a place that I started hunting when I was very, very young. I was, I was in my mom's belly in October before I was born in November and every year after that until I got in the Coast Guard and some of those that I missed. But I haven't missed very many seasons from going over and hunting in the Ochoco, whether it be from bow season now um, for elk or whether it be from, you know, just going over and visiting my uncles when they're rifle hunting. So it's a place that's near and dear to me. We actually, and if you watch our videos, you'll see it in the videos, we actually have a rock blind that we've built over the years of a place that we sat. And I actually sat in that blind during uh, antelope season this year. And I, I shot my antelope not far from that place. So my, I have, I have the, sp the ashes of my uncle is, are, are spread over a spot over there. It's called Garm's uh, Lookout. Um, you, you'll see that in the videos. Um, so I'm attached to this area. This is over 40 years worth of hunting. I shot my first deer by myself over there. I was 14 years old. So the amount of memories that I have in that area are immense. The amount of memories that I have with people who are not even here anymore are immense. The amount of memories that I have with people who don't believe in even hunting anymore that, that I spent all my time growing up with that we all hunted that, um, a lot of our identity was wrapped into that Ochoco hunt. Um, 
and the, and the memories of losing them to where they, I still see them and stuff, but we don't do the same things we did in Ochikos. They don't take their kids there to, um, to experience the same thing we did as our kids. So this dying tradition that I see, it's, it's hard. It's hard when you, when, when you put it in the perspective of 2020 and going to 2022 and you start and you start, I mean, because things have changed guys, there's a paradigm shift and we're feeling it. Everybody's feeling this. And uh, quite honestly, um, when you have something this important to you, you tend to make it like the thing that might save you. And that's kind of what I was doing. Um, I, was, I, I drew that Ochiko tag. I knew I was going to draw it this year. I knew I would pretty much 100% draw with 13 points. And so all year long, from the time that I, <laughs> I got back from Mississippi, I was like, well, next year I will be able to put in for Ochiko tag for that antelope, and I will be able to um, – I'm going to be able to, to hunt the Ochikos and that's the time of year all my family is going to come over. Even the guy that taught me most of what I know about hunting now, uh, my Uncle Lloyd, he'll probably come over. And and we'll have the big camp again like we did when I was a kid. And we'll have all these things. And life will be back to normal. And life, life's going to be good. And uh, it didn't turn out that way. It turned out that people were sick. People couldn't come over. Even Gage couldn't make it over. He, he had prior engagements that were more important, quite honestly. And he couldn't make it over. Um, my really good friend, Jamie Kimmel, and and his family came over. And they uh, it was awesome because we kind of have some tradition over there with them. Emily, who uh, was in my Sunday school class, uh, started when she was just a little kid. Um, is now married and has a son and uh, she she had a youth tag over there and missed an elk in in certain parts of that area so there's there's tradition there that we have and I thank them for coming over man I mean if it wasn't for Jamie Selena and Lizzie coming over it it would have been um, really tough on me uh, because I, I, I just see traditions dying over there I don't see traditions going on and and to have Lizzie over there experience it, she went up to the rock blind and put a rock on the rock blind just like her brothers and sisters have. And that was the first time she'd been there. Um, just for that, that, that kind of made me feel, my heart feel good. But then um, my mom went with us as well. And my mom's getting up there in age. And there's memories of my mom and I um, in certain areas. And there were places that I took my mom this trip that she'd, hadn't been to in 10 years and the memories just started pouring out of her and then um it was a good day and my wife had to come back and she brought my mom back to the house and i stayed up there to hunt now what i thought was going to be the thing that it really helped me and and brought me back to reality and 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 just pulled me out of this 2020 funk you know, the 2020 funk is what I like to call it because there's been a paradigm. Um, it's been one thing after another since 2020. And I thought, man, if I could just get that reality of, of Ochako again, because I have such an attachment to it, that this thing is going to um, this thing is going to fix me. I, 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 and, and maybe you guys have done that. Maybe you guys are right now elk hunting thinking that this is the fix that I need. This this is the thing that's going to keep me from going insane. And uh, trust me, I, I, I know what you're going through. Um, but something happened. All of a sudden, I was there by myself. And what I thought was going to be a pure blessing on me became um, a prison of old, good memories that I knew were going away, that, that I know this tradition is, is pretty much done um none of my cousins go over there for hunting season none of my m lot two of my uncles are gone that uh taught me how to hunt um it was just it, it was just reality hit me like a like a brick that i i was having a really hard time staying there i i quite honestly was having a 
super hard time staying there because of all the stuff. I mean, every rock that I stepped on, I had a memory of um, something that was very forming in my life. And knowing that that was probably the last time I would build a memory there um, is really hard. I, you know, when I, I look back, at, you, you got to understand, this is the person that I am. This is how I grew up. I was, we did not have TV when I was a kid. The things that we did were all tied to the outdoors. They were all tied to uh, living outside, living in the life of outdoors and the realities that come along with that. So the relationships that come through those realities and everything that all of that is what my life has been based around in some way or built on. And uh, so I started living, when, when my wife and my mom left, it became really difficult. Um, I had a hard time sleeping, and I had a 13-year tag in my pocket for an antelope. Another thing is, is I wasn't seeing any animals. Um, I saw, well, I take that back. I saw tons of coyotes, and I was shooting coyotes. And it was almost a metaphor, and I wasn't seeing, you know, when I was a kid, we would see 100 deer a day over there, and they'd all have, you know, doubles and, and single fawns. And I wasn't seeing, I saw probably 10 deer the whole time I was there, and one mom with three fawns, and that was about it. And I, we, we were used to seeing antelope and having to make sure that we weren't going to shoot an antelope during deer season, making sure it wasn't a little forked horn, because we saw so many antelope. That was drilled into my head when I was a youngster, you know, to really make sure you know what you're looking at before you pull the trigger because there were people that actually shot antelope over there because they thought they were forking around deer. That's how many antelope there were. And I wasn't seeing any. I, I spent the first five days without seeing an antelope, without seeing one pronghorn. After being in a unit that when I was, I mean, not too long ago, we would see antelope everywhere. And then I started seeing coyotes and coyotes and coyotes and coyotes everywhere. It was a big metaphor for what was happening to uh, that place in my life, that place, the Ochikos. It was a big metaphor for what was going on in our family as far as people um, not coming to Ochiko anymore and and those traditions dying and I felt just this overwhelming heaviness uh, one night it was so bad I reached out to some friends of mine and I, I said hey I need some prayer here um, and, and I didn't tell them exactly what was going on I didn't you know because I'm a guy like most guys I mean you don't say things you just deal with it and I said I really need some prayer here um, this hunt's really hard and I had people texting me back and telling me, I got you, man. Keep with it. It only takes one. And and they didn't understand completely the whole thing that was going on there. But um, I did. The next morning, I woke up with a different attitude. One of the things that came very apparent to me was I was placing too much emphasis, too much importance. And I've done this all year long, building up to this. I put too much effort into this hunt. I put too much my emphasis on this hunt. And I I was actually making it an idol. Um, you guys, you know how much I love to hunt. You know how we all love to hunt this much. And we all could probably make it an idol. And it's one of these things that I really, it, it was a big problem for me. I, I I've, I've been waiting all year long. This was the thing that was going to bring me back into a little bit of normal life. And um, it turned out to be not worthless. It's not worthless. But not what I was putting it up there to be. And it got me to thinking, man, I really need to reevaluate how much I'm holding hunting up. And where I'm placing this on the pedestal of life. And uh, 
somehow, some way, that led me to the book of Hebrews in the Bible. Um, and I think it's because, well, I'll read it to you. Hebrews 1, um, it's because they talk about tradition and they talk about where that tradition should point us. And so those traditions, all that in Ochiko, all that stuff that I've dealt with in all those years, were was it's not like it's just some accident that came up. This is this is something that built me, of course. But at the same time, it's not. It should be put in its right context. And so, th- the book of Hebrews took me to that. Took me to that context. I'm going to read it to you. Long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. Um. And and th- so this is this is talking about. God directly speaking to humans. Um, I think what I was experiencing was God speaking to human and not through the prophets, not through the direct speech of humans, but there, that's called special revelation. And then the, there's this thing called general revelation, which is what God has done. And so like history is part of general revelation. You can sit and watch history. And if, if you if you study it well enough, you could see God's hand moving throughout time. And that's true. It's absolutely true. I I could go back and show you parts of history that show God's hand moving. Um, But this this is speaking of special revelation, but it's speaking. It's it's God's speech all the same. So what I didn't have any prophetic voices coming to me in Ochako. But I did have. The general revelation there and, and the history speaking to me. And God was speaking to me. So uh, that's what I equated. I was like, oh, man. Now, check this out. He says, but in these last days, God has spoken by us uh, to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things. Now, this this is where he started speaking to me directly. Um, he he so he's he has spoken to us by his son um, and. So now the way that he's spoken to us by his son, first of all, is through the new covenant of your Bible. That's the first place that God speaks to you, and that's special revelation. But the second place is, is and we're going to learn right here within this Hebrews text, we're going to learn exactly where he speaks to us. But at the same time, um, understand that God speaks through his son, who is a human and who is still alive. And who manipulates reality the way that he wants to express himself. Okay, and get that. Okay, so now you, you say, well, that's weird. I've never heard of anybody manipulating reality. Well, a perfect person would, or, or a perfect person who is the Godhead also could manipulate reality any way they want. But you also try to manipulate reality within your own head. You do. You do. How many times have you guys talked yourself out of staying with it because things were hard? And then you justify the reason to get out of the woods. That's manipulating reality. Reality is it's not that bad. But you're like, uh, but you just 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 a grumbly little stomach will make you try to manipulate reality. Tell me that's not true. Tell me it's not true. Um, The reality of things are that God has set things the way that they are. And if we just um, listen to that or or give ourselves into it, Uh, when I say listen, I don't mean just like vocal listening. I mean, when you are doing something really hard and you stick with it because you know it's going to pay out in the end. Because, you know. That's the way things are. See, that's the reality that God has created. And when you stick with it, that's called faith. So this is this is something that I he spoken uh, to us by his son. Now, this is the way that he was speaking to me over there directly. Um, whom he appointed the heir of all things. Now, check this one through whom. He also created the world. So I was immense. I I was mixed up in everything that is being the creation itself. 
And God was speaking to me through that creation. And he was using the creation to tell me things like the lack of antelope was telling me something. The, the amazing amount of coyotes was telling me something. It, it speaking to, it's, it was a metaphor for what's gone on, for what's going on. Um, that we're living in a dying world and that we cannot trust this world. The world is not going to save us. And Ochikos is not going to save me. Um, just the simple lack of game in Ochikos. What, something that I had held up there so dear because, I, I, because I've had so many good hunts over there. I was holding that up as my normal that I need to get back to. And what I got to was death. There's very few animals, and there are coyotes everywhere. <laughs> and coyotes represent, um, you know, killing of animals. I mean, you get that many coyotes, that's that's the reason that we're having a lack of um, the smaller uh, mammals over there. Now, I did see a lot of elk, and the elk weren't affected as much because I think coyotes can't kill elk calves as easy as they could kill fawns. So this metaphor that he was using, because he is – see it all things were created um and he created the world so he he's able to make it the way that it is now um and he was using that to speak to me directly and and the the message was loud and clear that this world is not who you should be putting your faith in ochiko is not who you should be putting your faith in and the people who you have uh given so much esteem really aren't the people that you should be putting your faith in the person who is the creator, who is the image of God. The radiance, verse 3, he is the radiance of the glory of God, the exact imprint of his nature. That is the one that I should be looking towards. And I wasn't. I was using my family as an idol, and I was using Ochiko as an idol, and I was using the animals as an idol. He created the world, his radiance and glory of God, the exact imprint of his nature, and he upholds the universe by his word. Now check this out. This is who he is. He Just his word upholds the universe. He could change things and manipulate things the way that he wants to. So this was like the fourth day. I had talked to uh, several, several people. And I asked for prayer. And the next morning I woke up and something had changed. I felt like I didn't feel the overwhelming um, weight of Ochiko and all that I've lost, right? That's, that's what I was focusing on is everything that I've lost. Um, I didn't feel that anymore. I didn't – I wanted to get back to my family. Um, I felt a little selfish because, you know, I was trying so hard and I've taken some time off and my wife has been working hard and she's been trying to watch her mom and I, I felt like I needed to be around her some more. And uh, my kids, you know, they're growing up and I, I just, I, I felt like it was pretty selfish to be there by myself um, just to fulfill my 13-year wait for this tag. But at the same time, I knew that if I did not try my hardest, that I would not let myself off the hook. But that next morning, the weight was lifted. Um, and and I, I'm i going to tell you this. You guys are going to think I'm crazy. And I, I really don't care if you think I'm crazy because I know it to be true. Um, I know people prayed for me that night because that whole change of things the next morning was not for me. There was nothing inside of me that could have changed my attitude. My attitude was rotten. Um, there was nothing there. So that next morning, I got up, <clears throat> and I started walking a road that um, so many memories. Gage missed two elk on that road. Uh, Chase busted a bunch of elk for, uh, for Gage on that road. Uh, my uncle has shot elk off that road when he was older and couldn't get down in the canyons and stuff. He's he's been blessed on he he would go up and 
um, sit in a spot on that road. And he knew where the elk would cross, and he'd shoot him there. Uh, I mean, and there's just so many. David hit a twig off of that road. You guys could see that in some of our videos and missed his first deer. Uh, just so much stuff has happened on that road. And I'm walking up through there, and lo and behold, there's a bear. And so, I, you know, um, the predators, the way they are, I, I took the bear and cleaned it up and got the meat and all that stuff. And these things just started happening. And it was the very next day when I actually finally shot my antelope. And uh, it was at a place that was not very far from the rock blind that my mom and I started building 20, 30 years ago. And so when I looked at this, I, I just I started thinking about, man, OK, you've spoken to me. And a lot of people would say my answered prayers, the prayers that got answered there were the fact that I got a bear and an antelope. And, and you guys, it's cool. Yeah, I love the fact that I got a bear and an antelope. OK, I love it. But you know what really you want you want to know what really um, makes me excited, what really turns my or pumps my heart. Is the fact that God brought it back around to the fact that he was listening to me or listening to all those prayers that he's still here. Even among all of the stuff that happened in 2020 and 2022, all the stuff that I had to live through that I was thinking, oh, God, why why do you make me go through this? You must not even care about me anymore. You're not even listening to me. I've been praying and praying and praying that I don't have to go through the things that I went through in 2020. 20 to 2022 I, i'm praying would you take care of this and those are selfish prayers you guys quite honestly because god's going to do what god's going to do and we should align ourselves with him but we all pray him right and i wasn't really praying i i, I actually one of my prayers was give me a reason to get out of this before i shoot an antelope give me give me a reason that i could live with that I could go home and get me away from this land that keeps haunting me with all of the memories. And he didn't, he didn't do that. He, he didn't do that. Thank God he didn't answer that prayer because um, now I have an antelope who is going to feed my family. And I took, I'm going to have it, I'm going to have it mounted. And every time I look at that, I'm going to look at God's provision. I'm going to look at the fact that he answered prayer and he spoke to me again. And that's more important than the antelope. That's more important than anything. And so he realigned my perspective on life again. Because my perspective on life through 2020 has been getting really hard. Uh, I was wondering what or where his hand is. What is he doing? And maybe you guys are too. But I'm going to read you this because this is the truth. And he, quite honestly, you need to, if you're having problems like I had, if you, if, if you are looking at what's going on and you're fixated on the world that is falling apart around you, understand that that's, that's going to happen. He said it's going to happen. But recalibrate your perspective. If you're on an elk hunting trip right now trying to escape the reality, which is good. Don't get me wrong. I try to escape reality on elk hunting trips too. But understand that that is just a temporary thing. What you really need is to escape the temporary and become an inter eternal human that is not of this world. You probably heard that phrase before, and it's been it's been politicized and made money off of. But the fact of the matter is, is when you give your life to Christ, you are no longer a part of this dying world. You are actually just an agent agent in it to spread the message that. Um, this world's dying and you've chosen death until you come to Christ and you're going to go with it. And the only way out is to, to come repent and profess that you are changing, that you are giving him uh, your Lordship, that you're no longer looking at Ochako's to save you, but you're looking at him. And I'm going to read this. This is out of Hebrews as well. And and this is something that really hit me um, because I was in the wilderness. So 
t take a listen to this. And so the writer of Hebrews is bringing this to the Hebrew people and saying, hey, look, you guys are no longer part of the old covenant. Um, matter of fact, the old covenant was just there to show you how much you needed God because you cannot do it yourself. And we've tried to live that way still to this day. We try to be good people to get us ourselves into heaven. And you cannot be good enough to get into heaven. You need to have your sins paid for. You need to have that propitiation of blood, which is kind of another thing that hunting shows us. Um, because if, if we just lived, before I jump into this, I got to say this. Okay, I got to say this. This is another tangent, but I got to say it. If you do not hunt or you're not part of the food system, then you do not understand the sacrifice of blood it takes to sustain your own life. It's a direct rebellion to not look at your hamburger and know that that was living tissue that died for you and bled for you. Us hunters know that, especially bow hunters, because our big job is to remove the blood out of the animal so he'll die. That's the only, really the only reason to hunt, quite honestly, guys, is to pay attention to that sacrifice that that animal has taken to sustain your own. So the shedding of blood sustains human life. Now, this is just a metaphor of the real important thing, which is Christ's blood, that he bled on the cross, that he died. And see, here's the deal, is a human had to die to take the sins of humans. And the only way that that could have happened is if that human was perfect. And the only way that human could be perfect is if he is God, because God is the only perfect thing. So that's what he did. That's what this is. He died on a cross, and he paid with his own blood for your sin. Now, he did not just, like, pay for a little bit or anything like that. What he did is he paid the actual amount of blood that your sin cost. And that is the most important thing that we need to understand. That's what saves us. That's what pulls us out of 2022. It's nothing to do with our traditions and our and the land that we grew up in and our own thoughts. It has everything to do with him. Let me read this. This is a Jesus is the greater Moses. This is the Hebrew writers telling Hebrews, look. This is what life is really about. Quit living in your traditions. Quit living about what, you know, quit worshiping Moses for one thing and start worshiping the Lord. Therefore, and this is verse 7, three, uh, chapter 3, verse 7. Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, today, if you hear his voice, do not, be, do not harden your hearts as in rebellion. On the day of testing in the wilderness, like the Jews on the day of testing in the wilderness. Same thing with me. Don't harden my heart. I was hardening my heart because of all the stuff that I lost. And that's what the Jews were doing, too. They're like, man, in Egypt, at least we ate. <laughs> we didn't have to rely on God to bring us food. We had it. It was in our storage. And when they were in the desert, remember, they couldn't keep it. They had to rely on God. Same thing to me. Same thing was happening to me. And it happened in the wilderness. Check that out. Wilderness is a good place for this stuff to happen. Uh, where your fathers were put me to test and they saw my works. Now check that out. That's the big thing. They saw my works for 40 years. And if we cannot sit back and see God's work. That, you, you, know why, you know why people want you to believe that you're just an involved ape? is because they don't want you to see God's work. Do you know why people don't want you to look up at the sky? And, and do you know why people want to put you in artificial things? Is because they don't want you to see God's work. God says this is important. You need to see my works. He put the people for 40 years in the desert and so they could understand who he is. And just by that, they should know who he is. Romans tells us just by nature, we should know who God is. And we should fall at our, on our knees and worship him. Therefore, I was provoked with the generation and said they're always gone astray in their heart they have not known my ways 
as I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. So, um, that has a whole lot of spiritual, re and, and I can tear it apart, and, and there's a lot of stuff being said there, but I'm going to give you the overall view because um, I try to keep these podcasts in bite-sized uh, sections. But um, what he's saying here is, look, you have seen, and that's what he did to me. He pulled me into this, and he says, look around. The realities that are going on on this earth should teach you something about what this earth is. This earth is not a place to put your faith into. The minute that you bring up Ochikos as this grand idol, I am going to show you how dirty that the fallen world is. And it's like coyotes ravaging. There isn't much life going on anymore. All the stuff that you that you put in your traditions, that's not the reality of things. What is real is me. Worship me. Don't worship Ochako. Don't worship hunting. Don't worship pronghorns. Don't worship deer. Don't worship elk. It's me. Um, it's been over 40 years that I've been on Ochako. <laughs> and yet, this last time I went to Ochako, I held Ochako up in the same place that... Uh, he put me there for 40 years to show me more of him. But yet, I went there and holding it up in a place that it shouldn't be. I should be holding him in that place. I'm hoping that this helps, guys. Because I know a bunch of you guys, we go from year to year and we look forward to that opening day, right? But let me ask you a few hard questions. And, and, and then I'm going to leave you with those hard questions. Where are you placing your value? What's 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 going to save you? What what is the place that you put yourself into that really has meaning and matter? If it's not God, it's something else. And the way you can check this is where do you place your money? Are you placing your money in do you, do you spend more money on hunting than you do on um, doing things of God? And I'm not saying giving it to tithing. I'm not saying that. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, is is all your focus throughout the year on opening day. Now don't get me wrong, I'm a gear junkie and I love to put money into hunting. And and I'm I'm guilty of this myself. But are we using our resources, maybe not money, but resources for God's work? Maybe are, are we using our hunting season for God's work? Um, I have a YouTube channel. Am I using it for God's work? Or is it just me trying to look good on for my Instagram and all that? See, these are the things we have to ask ourselves. The second thing is um, all the effort that you have in this world, what are you working for? Why are you doing what you're doing? Um, you know, God placed Israel in the wilderness for 40 years to get them to start thinking and get them away from. Um, humans are so good at trying to build things up and make our own little kingdoms. Have you ever noticed that? Your, your, your YouTube channel, your Instagram, those are all your own little kingdoms. And they're all pretty much uh, place you as the king. <laughs> um, what are you putting all your effort in? That's a very that's a very good question. And now these are rhetorical questions. These are things for you to think on your own. I'm not going to give you the answers because the answers are different for everybody. And the second thing, or the last thing, is is um, have you really have you really taken this in consideration? If you're not a Christian, have you ever ever really looked at the realities of the world around you? And I mean from a very logical point of view, not from uh, just taking people's word for it. I mean, if 2020 taught us anything, it has taught us that science isn't the end-all, be-all. That you cannot completely trust everything you're being told. So understand that. That there's agendas behind it all. So run those agendas out. Look at the motives. Give me a call. I've, I've done this. 
Um, quite honestly, I've been through all this in my life. I tried every which way not to believe in God. Tried as much as I could. And it brought me to a place where technically, you know, I was still a believer in God, but you could believe God and still not follow him. Are you following God? Are you following Jesus? Are you, are you actually in a personal relationship with him? Have you repented from your own kingship? Are you willing to give up hunting altogether for him? Are you willing, are you willing to give up family for him? Are you willing to give up your own life for him? It says to pick up your cross daily. Follow him. See, those are the questions that we have to ask ourselves. Because that's the important thing. That's the important thing is, is knowing that he is the king and what he says goes. Now, that doesn't mean that the hunting and all that other stuff isn't something that he gave you to use. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not trying to bag on that. What I'm trying to say is, what are your motives? Where are you at? These are the things that I got taught this antelope season. Um, I'll probably tell a story down the road of getting that buck, but these things were spoke to me, and I knew I had to bring them to you. I hope this helps, guys. You guys know how to get a hold of me. If you have any questions about what I say, um, you guys can know how to get a hold of me. And trust me, I'm not some religious wacko that's going to uh, thump you over the head with... Uh, my ideas of the Bible. I will give you the Bible because it's reality, but I will talk to you and, and because this is real. This is the real stuff, and we need reality more in 2022 than we ever have in our lifetimes. <laughs> I, trust me, other people have gone through this too, but in our lifetimes, this is, this is craziness that we're seeing going on right now, and uh, we need some reality. And the reality is that this is not the end. If you're a Christian, this is the worst you'll ever live. If you're not a Christian, this is the best you'll ever live. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for uh, Ochikos. Thank you for hunting. Thank you for the pronghorn. Thank you for the bear. But more importantly, Lord, thank you for connecting with me again, showing me that you are personally involved. When I don't think you are, I don't want to be, I don't want to be, I, I've been Moses for too long, or I've been the Israelites for too long, wandering around in the wilderness. I just want to see you in it. Lord, I bring this to you. I, I, I pray, I ask for your protection over this podcast that it just doesn't get canceled. And if it does, that we find a way to get it out to more people, because I know that you are speaking through this. Thank you for who you are. Let me learn more about you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to the Life Outdoors podcast. Join the Life Nation by spreading this podcast or by going over to our YouTube channel, giving us a subscribe, or even by following us on Instagram. All these things help spread the life. All right. Thanks, guys, for listening. Keep living. In wild country, rules were not created by man. In wild country, the challenge of what's outside brings you closer to what's inside. Don't miss Wild Country, Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, presented by Expedition Enterprises. It's going to get a little hairy. Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.